Hello, and welcome to Rethinking Legal Ops, a podcast by Speed Legal. I'm Ashwari Saxena, and here we talk to legal experts, industry leaders, and innovators about the many ways that legal tech is transforming the way we practice law. Today with us, we have an amazing guest, Jeff. He's the CEO of Foundry Tax Services in Chicago. They specialize in nationwide income taxes. Wonderful to have you here today, Jeff. All right. Yeah, definitely a pleasure. Ashwarya, thank you for having me today. It's my pleasure. Yeah, and I'm particularly excited to talk to you today because on the, on, on the podcast, we've mostly had, we've heard from so many lawyers and I think that legal tech is not just something that you know lawyers can use. It's uh, especially, I think, it has a lot of uh, interesting applicability for for non-lawyers. And you are uh, a CPA, so I'm I'm very very curious to hear your your perspective. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I mean, I'll be more than happy to answer any questions that you have for me today, and also share any background that you. You know, any, anything that we need to share today, I'm more than happy to share. Great. Let's let's jump into it. So, Jeff, like just to kick things off, uh, I'd like to first learn and for our, uh, our viewers and listeners as well to learn a little bit more about what your professional and academic journey has been like. How did you um, decide that you wanted to to work with with taxes? Yeah, absolutely. So, number one, I was born and raised in Ghana, which is on the west side of Africa. And I came to the U.S. when I was eight years old, um, was migrated to Chicago. My parents were already here and I came here with my older sister. And ultimately, um, through the school journey, elementary, middle, high school, um, I pretty much took different assessments and talked to different people to determine what the best field, what the best profession would be for me. And based on those assessments and based on the conversations I had with people, we figure out that accounting would be the best field for me. Um, business has been pretty much in my backbone for a very, very long time, um, or in my blood, essentially, um, and in my family tree. And so accounting just made the most sense just based off those assessments that I took. And then fast forward, I went to go study accounting at the University of Illinois Urbana-Champaign, where I got a bachelor's degree and a master's degree in accounting. And while I was there, I was interning at PricewaterhouseCoopers, where I essentially, um, you know, I was doing some audit associate work. So I was actually an auditor at PwC. But on the side, I was doing um, taxes for family, friends, just volunteering pretty much just to see essentially how I can help them out. I thoroughly enjoyed it. And I was someone who spent about one hour a day minimum during college to basically work on my business plan, right? So doing that, um, I also studied for the CPA exam. Um, so I got, essentially I passed all four parts of the CPA exam in 2015 okay. and started working at PricewaterhouseCoopers full-time from 2015 to 2016. In 2016, I decided I didn't like it too much. So I turned in my two week notice at PwC and launched my own CPA firm which today in 2022 is known as Badu Tax Services, LLC, which is a tax or CPA firm that does tax preparation, tax planning, and tax representation for individuals and businesses across all 50 states in the U.S. 
And we also have clients that have a global presence in over 25 countries at the moment. We currently have 3,000 clients uh, plus in our database. And we are part of a bigger company that I own, which is known as Badu Enterprises LLC, which is a multinational conglomerate in the finance industry where we provide different financial services, such as the tax firm, you know, taxes. We do bookkeeping. We do, we own a life and health insurance agency. We run a real estate investment company. And then last but not least, we teach financial literacy to the communities through the Badu Foundation. And I would say I'll cap off the intro with my purpose in life, which is to inspire and support the super hungry to take hold of infinite resources in order to create an abundant lifestyle. Wow. What uh, what a journey and what a career you've had so far. And you've got so much, so much longer to go. You make almost time. Uh, you make make it seem like time stopped and you accomplish all of these things like so, so, so quickly. It's incredible because when you're talking about, you know, working on your business plan, uh, you know, preparing for the CPA exams. I've had friends that I've seen secondhand prepare for the CPA exam and it is so intense. So Wow, that is that is truly admirable. Everything that you've done, and I love that entrepreneurial uh, spirit, spirit that you have, and really resonate with uh, you know your your purpose and to like you know, inspire more people to uh, you know pursue pursue their passions. Because um, I think we are that sort of generation that has had the privilege to you know just like sort of go wherever we wanted to, like you know be entrepreneurs. Uh, and uh, take whole, take full control of our of our careers. I think more than um, I don't know about the U.S. as much. I'm from India, so like my parents' generation, I think it was a little bit more like more pressure for them to just be like, no, you have to go like the safer route. You have to you know go work uh, at a large company, and that's sort of like you know your your life. But um, it's uh, it's wonderful to be in the privileged uh, position to just pursue uh, whatever we want to. And like looking at people like you really uh, inspire me as well. So. So thank you um, for sharing that. So Jeff, how much legal work and 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 you work with like many many different types of you know like you mentioned like you know like the life and health agency, real estate, uh, you are a CPA uh, yourself working with income taxes and other types of taxes. How much legal work do you come across in all all of the amazing work you're doing? I would say quite quite a bit. Um, I come across quite a bit of legal in terms of clients asking questions about how to set up certain legal entities. Um, you know, and, and quite frankly, we do actually run a company that can assist with that. But in terms of all the documents involved, bylaws, operate, you know, operating agreements and all that, we don't really handle any of that. Um, some clients may ask us to try to review a legal document, like an employment agreement, which we tell them, you know, we can advise on the numbers but not the legal side of things. Um, yeah, I mean, we, we come across, I mean, I'm a real estate investor, so we have a lot of real estate contracts and transactions. Uh, let me see what else in life insurance. I mean, there's always legal paperwork that you have to sign. So I probably come across legal stuff every day. As a matter of fact, today we're in the process of drafting contracts for our team for next year in the tax firm. And so that's a legal document. Luckily, we have a you know a template that we use. But overall, we come across a lot of legal documents on a day-to-day -day basis. 
now. And, and are you using, uh, and this is not just for your legal work, but your work as a CPA as well, are you using any type of uh, tech tools to optimize or make some of your work more efficient? Um, in terms of legal work? Uh, just any any of your work, like, are you using maybe, mm -hmm. um, there's, I mean, there's some like CPA uh, softwares as well. I, I don't know if it was a QuickBooks. So just sort of general, yeah, like what sure. type of tech tools are you using? Absolutely. So we, we use a ton of tools. Um, we use Trello for project management. We use the Drake Tax software for tax filings. We use DocuSign for legal documents um, or at least sending them out to people. Um, let's see what else we use QuickBooks for bookkeeping and record keeping for ourselves and our clients. Uh, let me see. Let me see. Let me see. We use, you know, Microsoft Word for typing up documents, PDF, um, a lot of technology. We use a, a ton of different technology and we use Zoom typically for um, video meetings as well. Great. And for your legal work, have you explored any sort of like legal like text uh, tools that you could use or are you mostly reliant on uh, lawyers that you employ or outside counsel? I usually rely on outside counsel, um, but I have used a legal service. It's like legal insurance pretty much in the past that you can pretty much go to them at any time. They have real lawyers that will help you for a monthly fee pretty much. So I've done that in the past. But nowadays we pretty much have not necessarily in-house legal counsel, but we have a firm or several firms that we work with where we can send them, you know, documents. For example, we're going through some acquisitions right now. And so we'll send them the documents that we've received, they'll review them, give some feedback, and then make sure that it's nice, clean, and polished. So overall, we more so rely on the professionals but we have also found success in the past with utilizing online legal services. Great. And what are some of the inefficiencies that you have currently identified in the, in the, in the way that you're approaching legal work right now, just sending everything to outside counsel. Do you ever mm -hmm. find yourself wondering whether um, all of what you're paying for outside counsel or every time you have to send any sort of work to outside counsel, is it all worth it? Or do you think you can reduce some of that work? I mean, it depends. So for example, a real estate contract that's on a $2 million building where you're only paying like a thousand bucks for an attorney, probably worth it, right? Um, so one of the challenges is sometimes delays in communication because I mean, they have to take time to actually review the document. Um, so the, the, the communication is always a challenge. Um, another challenge, if I can think of is basically firms that bill by the hour and they spend a ton of time on certain things that you're not expecting them to take that much time on. Um, yeah, I mean, I would say the timeliness slash communication and then also the potential of overload on the billing are two of the biggest challenges when it comes to hiring somebody that's a physical attorney basically. Mm -hmm. That, that makes total sense. And when you're talking about communication, is it just the delays or do you also sometimes, um, because you've dealt with so many of these types of documents, like, you know, if you had mm -hmm. a tool that could like simply translate, you know, like all this like legal jargon into simple plain English, or if the documents sure. were written in a more sort of understandable manner, not just written by lawyers for lawyers, 
Uh, do you think that's something that you would like, or what are your frustrations with the with the current uh, way the the contracts that you see? Um, I personally don't really have any frustrations per se. I mean, it's, it's a process. It's something that has to get done. Um, I mean, I think it would be nice to have timelier services, and yeah, and then also like paying like flat rates. I'm I'm a big fan of flat rates instead of hourly rates. Oh yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, for sure. So that those would be I mean, those would be the only two things that I would say, but in general I know it's it's a process essentially. Yeah. Yeah. That was like the uh, that was the next thing I was about to say. How do you feel about the billable hour model <laughs> you know for uh for, for, for sure. law firms? Because um with like CPA firms, it's it's it, is it also like flat rates or uh, is it billable hours? What is the custom custom in uh, CPA firms? Yeah, so custom is hourly rate, but in our firm, we don't do any hourly rates, really. We do flat rates based off the service. So depending on the complexity, we'll come up with the price specifically for the client, depending on how much we can save the client and all that good stuff. So we don't really bill by the hour. Uh, we just do like, hey, here's a rate, and you get unlimited hours in that service, basically. I see. And um, and and is it is that sort of shift from the billable hour model? Uh, is it like client driven? Like, are you seeing that your clients are expecting you just like you know you as a client to law firms? Like you you prefer like you know flat rates? Is it like similar? Um, is that part of your decision in going for the flat rates? Yeah, that, that is part of it. Yeah. So the reason why we go with the flat rates is because partly because we believe clients enjoy the flat rates. Because um, they know what they're paying, they know what they're getting, no matter how much time it takes to complete. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and I think that's just so important in like law as well. Because I think if you ask someone in the legal tech community, billable hour, they'll just roll their eyes because you know it's considered to be such a barrier to you know like more like tech adoption, especially between law firms because. Mm -hmm. It's a tough sell. You go and tell a lawyer, like, hey, like, you know, you can review this contract in 10 minutes instead of an hour. It's like, that's a lot less money for me. Like, how do I, like, you know, how, how are you working for me? Like, no, I don't, I don't want this. Are you seeing something similar to tech adoption um, for, for accountants? Like, are people averse to technology because, you know, they're, they're still kind of holding on to, like, you know, wanting to, because it just doesn't fit with their existing revenue model? Yeah, I would say I see a lot of firms that are still doing the whole hourly rate thing. Um, there are some that do flat rates, as they should be doing, but I would say majority of folks I've seen do the whole hourly rate thing. Mm -hmm. And are, are those folks also using, in your experience, have you seen, are they using tech tools to optimize their work, or are they like more like sort of traditional, like we don't need tech tools, we'll just keep hourly and we'll take as long as it takes? Yeah, most of the folks I've come across don't use tech um, tools in the accounting space. They're most are using old school. Um, I mean, there's some technology like the tax software, but outside of that, they're not really using like Trello. They're not using DocuSign, QuickBooks. They're pretty much doing everything old school. I see. Wow. It's just crazy to think about 2022. Um, but <laughs> exactly. kudos to you for like, you know, being open to, to tech. Uh, how do you think it gives you, your firm, a competitive advantage given that you're, you know, much more tech savvy? Yeah. So that is actually one of our competitive advantages, which is essentially just having um, easier access. So 
we have um, flexibility, we have the ability to do more with less time. Um, so the advantage really is, yeah, we're meeting with more clients in less time. The work is getting done in less time, basically, in terms of time that we spent on the work. And then also for the client, less time that they have to spend doing stuff, sitting in the office, you know, for an hour, two hours, risking losing the documents. That's another um, benefit that we have is there's no real risk of losing documents. We use a secure portal. So that's another technology that I forgot to mention. But pretty much um, we have more security. We have faster turn. Basically, we have faster systems, faster processes in place because of the technology piece. I see. I see. And probably it's like adding so much value to your clients because, I mean, they have certainty with the flat rate. Mm -hmm. And then you can actually take on more clients as well. And, like, you know, it's like uh, you, you get a reputation as the people who just say like, get things done. Uh, accurately and 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 quickly so i think it's a win-win exactly exactly and and when you um instead of transitioning from this general tech to you know back to legal tech a little bit jeff um mm -hmm. wh what in your mind is the value of the real impact of legal tech tools or automation or legal work for finance professionals like yourself um the value of legal tech work um, I would say in, in general, it's, it increases the turnaround time on reviews of documents. That's the number one benefit that I see. It's probably less expensive because there's less of a physical human being that's involved in the process. Um, it's reliant on the technology itself, right? So yeah, it pretty much combats what I was saying earlier in that the turnaround time and then also lowers the pricing a bit as well. See, that's great. And 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 how much legal um, legal jargon are you coming across in, in your work? And at this point you're like with like the tax stuff, you're probably very, very familiar with with all of it. But how long did it take for you to become familiar with that type of legal jargon and how much of it are you seeing? I mean basically it's taken me my whole life so far to become familiar with it. In general, I went to college for five years, right? Bachelor's degree, master's degree, accounting, um, CPA license, right? Mm -hmm. And so technically it took me five years to get to that point, but it really take it's taken me my whole life. Um, and yeah, I mean, it's I do see some of it today, but anything that I see that's way beyond my circle of influence or circle of understanding, I give it over to an attorney, essentially. Yeah, that that makes that makes total sense. And and do you think that um, if uh, documents were just written, I think I'm going going back to a question like we were just talking about, but I want to unpack that a little bit more. If these mm -hmm. documents were just written in a more accessible manner, do you uh, do you think that would just make your life easier, or are you happy just working with an attorney like it doesn't really cause uh, problems for you? Yeah, I think it would be a little easier. I would agree. Sure. Yeah. That's great. And and what kind of tech tools uh, are you most excited about? Whether that's for um, for legal work, are you excited about like maybe document automa automation, contract review? Uh, what are the types of tools that uh, you currently uh, would love to maybe see or, or use? Yeah, document auto auto automation would be good. Um, and then having someone to review the documents on the spot would be nice. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, those would be the only two things that I can see. Just the automation aspect of generating the document and then reviewing the document. I see. And when like deciding to go, it's like say you found like the ideal document automation in AI-based mm-hmm. contract review tool. Um, what are some of the strategic considerations that you look at? Do you care as to how easy or like how difficult the tool is overall to navigate or understand the user interface? Um, or are you more just about, you know, if it's a little harder to learn, that's okay. But if it gives me results, I'm, I'm fine with it. Which school of thought do you say uh, you'd belong in? Yeah, I'm all about using the easiest tools that have the most effectiveness possible. So it's it's about ease for me is important, but also the most important thing is the effectiveness. How effective is the actual tool that I'm using? Mm-hmm. And and what has been your experience working with legal tech vendors, or uh, have you tried any legal tech tools before? Not legal tech. I mean, there's legal Zoom that I've heard about. I've never personally used it, and then I am subscribed to Legal Shield which is more of not really tech, but it's more like having like legal insurance, basically. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And um, do you think that when, you know, like for for, for um, the perspective of a legal, legal tech vendor, would you like something that's like, you know, like, is it important for you to have like, in order to trust a legal tech tool, because like, you know, that tends to be one of the barriers to implementing legal tech solutions, because people just don't trust them. They're like, I'm going to waste my time and this is not going to work right. and you know you know it's not worth it um what is important for you to maybe surmount that type of like barrier is it like a good relationship with a wonder is it more of a hands-on approach with regards to implementing the technology like training your staff uh, what are the things that you would need in order to um, you know start using legal tech more independently i would say testing and training so the ability to test it to see if it works, and then the ability to get trained on it as well. Okay, and and would you, from your perspective, is it something worthwhile that you would, you and your team would spend time, like say you had to train um, for a few days to you know learn to use a tool, and um, you know it just then becomes like a part of the, the regular day to day process. Like, do you think you would be willing to invest that type of uh, time in a, in, a, in a tool? Yeah, I mean, if it's something I'm going to use for a very long time, then I personally would be willing to invest in that. Um, if it's something that's like for the short term, probably not, a, you know, like a two days where something else can be done within those days. Um, so if it's long term, then yeah, I personally would be willing to make that investment in time. I see. That's great. And uh, and with regards to like balancing your outside counsel, um, do you think that if you had a tool to automatically review your documents, you would spend less on your outside counsel or you would just like spend less time going and talking to them or what would be the real win for you there? Yeah, I think I would spend I would spend less time, less money. So I, I would see that's the value there. Sure. Okay, that's great. And uh, just like, you know, like on a, on a sort of a final note, Jeff, do you want to maybe talk about a little bit about just any advice because you're very entrepreneurial mm-hmm. yourself. Uh, do you have any advice for, you know, legal tech entrepreneurs and you know how they can really get these sort of tech solutions to as many people as, as they can? Yeah, so, I mean, I would say my advice is number one, make sure the tool works. Make sure it's there's no kinks, there's no 
issues you've tested it out beta alpha all all tests have been completed pretty much um before rolling it out to the masses and then in terms of rolling out to the masses you want to make sure that you're talking to people who have a pretty decent circle of influence right so people for example like accountants um, financial advisors um you know, business coaches, like anybody who's in your circle of influence and you know within your gut who is in your circle of influence, yeah. um, aka referral partners, right? Um, it's always great to connect with those folks to basically be able to get the word out more and then offer them some sort of cut, whether it's a, a commission, whether it's discounted services, whatever the case may be, creating some type of incentive for them to be able to work with you on a more dedicated basis, because money does talk as much as we don't we, we don't think it does. It does talk, um, yeah. and it has ears as well, right? It does hear, um, yeah. and you know, usually those that call it, right, are pretty much the ones that are getting it. And so, if you're going to the influences, people who are around people that have money, people who spread the word on a massive level, that's how you get the word out creating a brand ambassador program so that people can test out the product, utilize it, and then spread it to the masses. Um, outside of that, you know, tracking, tracking make, is very important too. Tracking where your lead funnels are coming in from and tracking who's doing um, pretty much who's putting out the word the most and then maybe rewarding those people with say, hey, if you give us X amount of folks, we'll give you an extra X, Y, Z. You know, like if you're paying you commission, then we'll increase the commission rate after you hit a certain tier, for example. So, yeah, just incentivizing. Incentives do matter, right? Incentives do matter. Um, people generally will refer to those that they believe should be referred out to, but incentives matter a lot, essentially. Yeah, yeah. Very, very well said and, and very sort of um, uh, very sort of structured and very good advice and like very practical. Like, you know, these are the things that you need to do. And, you know, like sometimes as like builders, we can often forget that it's like so important. Like testing is like the most crucial part, you know, of uh, selling something because it has to work perfectly. Because when you create something, you're like, oh, no, it's my baby. It's perfect. But it's, it's so it's so important to uh, do testing and, you know, sort of take your time, like getting it out to like, you know, people uh, that can really spread it to the masses. I, I really appreciate that, um, that, um, that advice. And I'm sure our listeners have really appreciated listening to you uh, as well, Jeff. And thank you for all your insights. For me, it was personally very, very, very interesting to, you know, to really uh, talk and understand like the wins for, non-lawyers with legal tech because it's always as you know the legal tech is for for lawyers i think but like talking to you i think clarifies um so much more that there are those use cases that can add value for uh, you know non-lawyers it could be a powerful tool in like their, their day-to-day -day work so thank you again so much for sharing sharing your insights jeff yeah no problem i definitely appreciate the chat today um you know hope everyone is able to gain some value out of this please feel free to reach out to me at any time if you ever need any help, any support, anything like that. And yeah, I mean, definitely look forward to, um, you know, to seeing some great things from everyone. Yeah, for sure. And thank you again to our listeners for tuning in every Thursday, where we'll be here next week as well with another great, 
great speaker. So thank you for your interest in legal tech. Keep the movement going. And uh, here's to the digital transformation of law. We'll be back again next week. See you all next time. The practice of law is changing and we're here for it. Thank you so much for tuning in for today's episode of Rethinking Legal Ops. Follow us for more such insightful conversations about the transformative impact of legal tech. Also, follow Speed Legal and let us know in your comments and messages about how you leverage legal tech solutions to make your work more efficient. See you next time.